Welcome to Tech Talks. I'm Holly Scott. Today I have the pleasure of having as a guest Manisha Shah Bugai. She is the CEO of Active Surgical. Active is a, a very innovative, I would call them late stage, early commercial startup in the, in the surgical space, improving surgical outcomes, and I'm thrilled to have her as a guest. Thanks for joining today, Manisha. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. Really appreciate it. Well, this, this is a, a tremendous honor because um, I feel like knowing the history and knowing you know, where Active came from and where we're at today, you're at such a, a phenomenal point to, to come in and, and take on the CEO role. Um, but you've been with Active for some time, and, and I'd love to you know, share with the audience a bit about how you got here. And, and if you don't mind, I'd like to go back even further than just Active, because there's lots of eyes out there would, that would be very interested in knowing uh, how you set yourself up, what, what uh, was fundamental in your life that perhaps best prepared you for your, your career. Could you share with us a little bit about your, your history and background? Yeah, sure, um, I'd be happy to. So. Um, prior to joining Active, I'll kind of get to the Active piece um, towards the end, but prior to joining Active, I was with Olympus Corporation for almost 18 years. Um, my last role at Olympus was general manager and global VP of the gynecology business. So in that role, I had global responsibility for all of gynecology. I had global P&L responsibility. I was overseeing the overall strategy and product roadmap for the business and then working with all of the different regions around the world supporting the gynecology business. Um, it's hard to believe I was with that company for almost 18 years. Um, it started with two of the predecessor companies of Olympus. I started with a company called ACMI Corporation um, in corporate strategy and then moved my way into product management. And then ACMI Corporation merged with a company called Gyrus Medical, became Gyrus ACMI my career continued to progress up the ladder of marketing. Um, and then um, a few years into that, um, Olympus acquired Gyrus ACMI and I became part of Olympus, continued to have opportunity to grow and develop my career. Um, I had the opportunity um, to actually take on and lead two of the business units in the United States. Um, I had a very unique opportunity at Olympus to architect a separation of the gynecology business. Um, prior um, to that work, gynecology was embedded in one of the traditional legacy businesses of Olympus. And I had a very strong passion for women's health. I really believed um, that it was an underserved space and that Olympus was very uniquely positioned to be able to take on a big lead in gynecology. And so I worked directly um, with several of the leaders um, at Olympus within the US business to separate out that business, build a dedicated sales and marketing team, and then ultimately had the opportunity to scale that globally for the company. Um, and that was truly a unique experience and opportunity. Um, and then towards the end of 2021, there were some changes happening at Olympus. I was uh, presented with an opportunity to take on and lead a different business unit for Olympus. Um, and I took that moment to just kind of stop and reflect on where I'd been in my career. I can't believe I had been there already almost 18 years. Um, in 2022, it would have been 18 years with the company. And I thought, well, I've been here a very long time. I've been very fortunate to get all of these opportunities to grow and develop. But I had this thing inside me where I always wanted to be part of a true startup business. Um, I, gynecology was a bit of a startup within Olympus and it was something I loved. I loved 
building a team and having that entrepreneurial spirit. And so I thought, okay, this might be time for me to think about leaving a large company and going and really having a true startup experience. And then serendipitously, Active Surgical um, was looking for a COO. I knew Todd Eusen, the former CEO of Active, very well from my time at Olympus. He was um, a great champion of mine at, at Olympus. And when he mentioned that he had a role, we began speaking. Um, and then I had the opportunity to join Active in January of 2022 as the COO, and then transition to the CEO role in December of that same year. So it's been quite a journey over the last year with Active. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's been impressive. And, and leading up to that point, just to give a little more context, I think for the audience, I think it's interesting to understand that your your foundation and, uh, and, and where you were set up, you, you centrally had the common theme when you and I chatted about where you'd been within the organization. You know, from the outside, you see 18 years at a big company with ascending roles. The ascending roles is something to be proud of, especially in a bigger organization where there's lots of individuals who are also high bar. Um, you had a unique product focus from the early days. That's what I picked up on you with our discussions is whether it was your engineering mindset, whether it was your product focus, whether it was your patient focus, there was something that you carried throughout each role that you had from, um, from within the time that, that, you, that you continued to grow. And when Todd Usen, who um, we, we have such high regard for, came and we were chatting about the need for a COO, he said, look, I, I, I know Manisha is excellent, but we really need to we need to conduct a search and, and make sure that we we are, are are weighing this out because if I go to the board and say here's my here's the person I want she's been 18 years with a big strategic has no startup experience they're going to say I'm crazy you know I'm paraphrasing we we, we obviously know that but um, it, it, you you did have that unique foundation and and the and the belief and core wraparound with technology that I saw, and I, I expected, and then I saw transition and make your transition much more seamless into the young company. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think <clears throat> that opportunity to build out a business plan and then actually build a team for gynecology at Olympus was truly unique at a large organization. Um, and I think throughout my tenure at Olympus, I was sort of branded as the women's health gynecology person. It was something that I had a, a, a real passion for and I constantly advocated for and then was presented the opportunity to really flush that out into a true business plan and strategy for the company. And I think that that is something I love about being at a startup. You have the ability to architect something and actually see what it can become. And you're working with a team that is all singularly focused on one thing. And that was the thing within our gynecology business unit that I really loved. And, and I think why I was able to thrive is we, as a team, were very passionate and singularly focused on the space that we were working in. Well, there was a, an incredible transition time for you. And it was nice to see that you were able to get that solid year, um, a very interesting year, 2022, right? Fast forward, now here we are, 2023. And um, we're your CEO of Active, and and as we think about Active, I, I have to at least comment on the the progress I've seen. You know, from six to seven years ago, and remember the day 
Tom Califf calling, now the, the acting CTO saying, hey, I just want to run something by you. There's this really cool technology. Um, Dr. Peter Kim, you know, doing some really interesting um, surgical outcome work and, and using some imaging and robotics and, and just, it, he, he was really excited about it. He's like, you know, but man, I'm tied to Boston. And I was like, oh, well, you know, may, maybe something else will come up. And then he called me a, you know, a couple weeks later and said, here we are, we're moving, you know, the company's gonna be seated in Boston. So prior to, to really having even Todd involved, we saw this, this novel approach to, um, to, to improving surgical outcomes. And I heard these staggering, the staggering data about how terrible surgical outcomes can be, that they're the third leading, leading cause of, of death. And you know, it's just uh, what they were looking to do is move mountains. So um, here we are today. I would love to hear for, if you could share a bit about you know, what, what you came into, what excited you about Active, and, and, uh, and where, more about where the product sits in the surgical world. Yeah, sure. I think um, what, you, what you mentioned around preventable medical error is something that when I kind of learned more about Active, I was equally astonished to find out. Um, preventable medical error is the third leading cause of death in the world. So that to me is shocking because it's not complications of surgery. It's actually preventable medical errors, a mistake that happened that could have been avoided. And that in the U.S., that leads to 400,000 deaths each year. And globally, the impact of that is about $36 billion. So when I first came to Active and learned about the technology, I thought, well, wow, that's a really big problem to try to solve. It's sort of a big, hairy, audacious goal of trying to help prevent medical errors. And really the approach for Active today is we believe that providing surgical intelligence, providing surgeons with information that they don't have right now can help ultimately reduce preventable medical errors. Our platform provides, um, has a technology near infrared imaging that allows surgeons to see things that they can't see with their naked eye today. So we're, we provide them the visualization of blood flow, the ability to see critical structures. Um, and for an experienced and well-trained surgeon, that is something that they have over time developed the ability to either see that or understand um, through what they're seeing in white light, where the blood flow is or where critical structures are because their eye is trained. But when you think about a new surgeon, someone who's training, the ability for us to be able to highlight blood flow and critical structures can really help those surgeons through the learning curve. And even for the experienced surgeon, being able to reduce some of that cognitive burden on them when they're operating by highlighting those uh, structures and blood flow, um, we believe is truly valuable and addresses a, a really big unmet need right now. Um, I like to use the analogy of lane assist in uh, your vehicle because we all, I think, are familiar with that type of technology. I know um, before lane assist was introduced, I had been driving for almost 20 years. So I would consider myself somewhat of an expert driver. If I think back now, after the last few years of having that technology in my vehicle, I can't imagine driving without it because as a driver, I feel safer having that technology. I have less of a cognitive burden when I'm driving in very heavy traffic because all of us are multitasking in our minds, right? We're doing one thing and thinking about a million other things. 
Um, so that technology really allows me, I think, to be a more effective driver. And then when I think about my young daughters, one day driving themselves, I absolutely want to ensure that they have that type of technology available to them because it will just help them become better drivers more quickly and also ensure a level of safety when they're driving. So I like to think about our active site platform today as a similar analogous technology for the operating room. And then when I think about where we're headed with artificial intelligence, um, I, I think about the of Waze, something like Waze, an app that we all use for driving um, in directions. Um, for me, the most powerful thing about Waze is not knowing how to get from point A to B, but it highlighting for me where there's traffic, where there might be a way for me to reroute. I use it every single day going to and from work, not because I don't know how to get to work, but because I know that it might save me 30 or 40 minutes if there is an accident or something that I wasn't expecting to run into. Um, the artificial intelligence is going to be a similar type of feature in the future for, for surgeons when they're operating. We'll be able to provide predictive information for them in order to help them navigate through their surgical procedure. It's an, it's an excellent analogy because um, you or I, nor do we want our children necessarily, sorry, Elon Musk, but we don't, we're, we're still gonna want them to be in control of a vehicle, right? Just like we still want a surgeon in control of the, the surgical procedure itself and, and in control of the surgery. If, if that surgeon though can have extra intelligence overlaying their, their, all their actions and just ensuring that they have all the information they need. So like you said, avoid a potential dangerous neurological cluster or avoid a, a, a blood flow where they, they didn't see it with the, with, the, with the imaging that they had to date. You know, th those, those procedures can truly, truly um, improve outcomes. In my mind, more information is always valuable, right? I think that no one would ever say having more information is a bad thing. Um, and if we can provide information to surgeons that help them in their clinical decision-making, that, that's really ultimately what we're trying to do. We are not trying to take over the surgery or, or replace the surgeon. Nothing will ever replace the surgeon. Um, but giving them more information, we think, will help them be more effective and hopefully, ultimately, you know, reduce preventable medical errors, which is our ultimate vision and goal. Exactly. You know, and, and the data piece, getting the, getting the right intel intelligence at the right time without it being a distraction, which was something that I thought was fairly interesting as I was looking into ActiveSight, it, it appears to work pretty seamlessly with most, most existing um, modalities and, and tools that are in the, in the clinic today, is that correct? Yeah, that was actually one of the things that really attracted me to the ActiveSight platform and the company. I thought that the approach for introducing the technology into the market was, was quite brilliant, actually. Um, the technology, the active site platform is what we like to call hardware agnostic. Um, it means that it can integrate seamlessly with existing traditional laparoscopic video towers. And we know that hospitals are very cost conscious. They have invested a lot of money in the equipment that already exists in the OR. And so as a startup to try to come in and replace that install base of equipment or to ask a facility to replace something that they've already invested in with something new, um, I think is a big hurdle. And so for us to be able to bring in 
a modular technology that is able to seamlessly integrate with the equipment that already exists, I think is, is truly a brilliant way to design you know, this type of technology. Absolutely, and it can follow the changing centers of care too, as we start seeing procedures move to ASC or to wherever they may be going. I know that we've, we've talked about a few different types of procedures, whether it be uh, laparoscopic or arthroscopic or orthopedic or whatever those procedures may be that active is able to augment. Um, it doesn't matter where they're done because of the modular design. Exactly. I think um, we, we consider ourselves complementary to the existing platforms, but we also know that at times um, those other platforms need to be upgraded in order to have advanced features. And then again, the hospitals is looking at uh, potentially spending a significant amount of money, particularly, you know, that is a challenge for ambulatory surgery centers. So we're able to offer the ability to upgrade their existing technology and provide them, you know, advanced visualization and, and, you know, advanced features that they wouldn't be able to get maybe from, you know, platforms that are a few generations old. That makes perfect sense. What, in terms of the clinical workflow, there's a lot of, of, of discussion, especially in coming out of the, the last few years and as we look in, into 2023 about how important it is to ensure we're staying as close as possible to this to the clinical workflow that surgeons are accustomed to it, can you get a little more granular with it is this something that just bolts on is it a camera that bolts on to the instrument or how, how does it how does it work yeah so we have what we call our active site imaging module and it looks a little bit like a traditional surgical camera um, and and what it does is it connects to the actual laparoscopic surgical camera and sits in between that camera and the telescope. And so essentially it does seamlessly um, integrate with those two components that are already used in a laparoscopic procedure. Um, and then we have a small um, light engine, we call it a light engine, it's an uh, imaging processor, um, and that can sit on the traditional video tower. Um, it will just sit on one of the shelves. Um, and so from a workflow perspective, you know, the idea is for it to seamlessly integrate into the existing equipment, the existing workflow, um, so that we're not, you know, creating um, a disruption to how the operating room is operating. Yeah, so no no disruption, no no increase in real estate, no increase, significant increase in time, a um, few seconds to, to pop in in the, the tech. That's, that's excellent. So uh, it, 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 it is, um, it's interesting, you coming from a world of surgery, you probably look at this and see, applications galore. What are you most excited about in terms of the next, say, short and long term with Active this year and beyond? Yeah, I think, you know, when I think about um, the next 12 to 18 months for us as Active Surgical, we're really moving into our commercialization phase as a company. Um, we've been in a limited market release um, since we launched in 22. Um, and we are continuing that in the first half of 2023, but we'll be gearing up towards full commercialization in the back half of this year. And then in November of 2022, we actually received our CE mark clearance. So we're very excited to have the opportunity to get into Europe this year. Um, we will do um, a limited market release in Europe with some of our uh, strategic advisors um, and then look for full com commercialization after that. Excellent. And then from the R&D side, from research and development, the team has um, some really amazing technologies up their sleeve. Um, and we're looking to continue to advance our actual science with 
um, for their structure identification, and then also continuing to build on our data and AI capabilities as well. Excellent. So there's there's bright future in 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 both the short and long term, as the global marketplace becomes more um, understanding of Actives capabilities. That's exciting. Yeah. That's very yeah. exciting. Well, Thank it's you. it's a, it's been an amazing road to date, and I'm even more bullish and more excited about the future. So I'm I'm, I'm thrilled that you've been able to share with us. For fun, Manisha, you're you're, you're such an accomplished career career professional. Maybe you could share with us a little little bit about your your, your personal interests. Uh, anything that you're reading or listening to or following that, that might be worth a mention? Yeah, sure. Um, so I like to joke that I am a working professional, but also a mom. So I don't have a lot of time uh, for things outside of being a mom and working full time. Um, but when I have a chance to read, I definitely love reading. I, I typically fluctuate between um, business books and fiction books. Um, I, I like to do a little bit of both. Um, on the business side, I recently finished um, Build by Tony Fidel. He has um, uh, worked at General Magic, was part of the Apple team that designed the iPod. He also founded um, Nest Thermostat. That was a great read. Um, he had a lot of um, insights on how to design and build great products that you know, customers really truly want. Um, and I think a lot of his uh, takeaways hit close to home for me as a marketer, um, because I really think about that as a marketer, what do customers need and want and how do you build products and technology for that? Um, and then I just recently started um, uh, the four disciplines of execution. Um, and that's been a great book. Um, that idea of that book is really thinking about as a leader, what are the most important things? And I think most leaders will say it's strategy and building a vision for the team. And then the other piece is really enabling the team to execute. And we spend a lot of time when in our education, formal education, learning about strategy, how to build strategies and think about strategy. But there isn't a lot of formal education around execution. How do you effectively execute? So this book has some strategies and thoughts about how you really focus on the things that are most important for your business trying not to get distracted by all of the urgent chaos that comes at you um, in order to truly effectively execute um, for your team and your business. Um, so those are the sort of business books that I've been reading. And then on the personal side, fiction, I just finished The Henna Artist um, and a book called American Dirt, both great stories. Um, I love fiction. I love being able to kind of escape the day-to-day -day grind with a really good story um, and just get engrossed in, in a story that helps me disconnect from the day to day. Um, and then I guess I would say I am very old school. I like to read books. I don't like e-readers. I don't like audiobooks. I like to hold a book in my hand and read it. And then when I finish it, my favorite thing to do is to give it to someone else to read and kind of pay it forward. So I guess that's a little bit about what I do uh, when I'm not working or, or being a mom. I love that. I love the gifting of the books because books are so books are so personal. You know, you take it, you, you go on a journey with a book, and when you have that feeling and you want to 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 give it to someone else, I think that's really special. I wish I had the energy at night to read like I used to. I was a voracious reader, but now I find that when I read the books, it 
plops on my face because I'm falling asleep halfway through. <laughs> I can absolutely relate. And I think so for me, it's when I go on vacation. That's typically when I get most yes. of my reading done. Me too. Um, my favorite thing to do is sit at the beach and read a book. Yes. So. Yes. But in the meantime, I will download your, your, your business recommendations for my next two months of Audible because I, oh. I have to have my commute time books as well. So uh, thanks for yeah. the recommendations. Yes, absolutely. You have to let me know what you think when you're done with them. I will, for sure. Manisha, thank you so much for being part of this today. It is such a pleasure to spend time with you always and uh, even more so speaking about one of my near and dear clients over the years and, and, and one of the, the neatest technologies with the team at Active. So um, thank you again for being with us. And uh, thank you, audience, for joining us on another episode of Tech Talks. See you soon.